This is the Hiking Through Life podcast. We've all been gifted a journey called life. Let's see where the journey leads us today. Welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast, where we talk with people who in some way, shape, or form have been influenced by the outdoors. I'm Andy, the producer of this podcast, and my lovely wife, Sarah, will be your host. Together, we make up Hiking Through Life. This podcast is all about bringing all kinds of people who are inspired by the outdoors and sharing their stories. We hope that by sharing people's stories, it inspires others to get out and live a more meaningful life. Tune in every week for new episodes, or better yet, subscribe to the Hiking Through Life podcast on your favorite podcast provider. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. Also, if you have a story to share or know of anyone who might be interested in being a guest on this podcast, head on over to hikingthroughlife.net slash podcast and get in touch with us. If you'd like to support Hiking Through Life, you can go to hikingthroughlife.net slash shop. We have t-shirts, water bottles, and we recently added stickers to the shop. Use the code podcast at checkout and receive 10% off your first order. There are other ways you can support this podcast as well. You can check those out at hikingthroughlife.net slash support. Also, be sure to sign up for our email list. You can do that by heading over to hikingthroughlife.net. Enter your email address and click subscribe. There's no commitment. You can unsubscribe at any time. As part of our email list, you'll receive our monthly newsletter. We'll also be sending out any promotional codes for Hiking Through Life gear. It's an excellent way to follow Hiking Through Life's journey. Now sit back and enjoy this week's episode. So welcome to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Today we are joined again by the Ellis family, who we interviewed before their superior hiking trail through hike that they did in July. And now this is a post conversation with them to talk about what went right, what surprises came along, and maybe some trail magic they had. So we're really excited to have them back on, Mom, Dad, and Jenny. Welcome back, guys. Thanks. (laughs) So tell us, like, was the trail what you expected? Yeah, he said it's like a miniature Appalachian trail. So did you find it as challenging as you thought it was going to be? Some certain parts? Yeah. I mean, there wasn't anything like super sketchy, but some parts had tons of roots, just like the Appalachian Trail. And there was one part you like had to throw your bag down. that had like that 10 meter stretch that I think you mentioned. Mm -hmm. That was like the sketchiest part. And that was right after mom hurt her rib the same day. So that was great. (laughs) Yeah, her injuries. Let's hear about those. Didn't she like bruise her eye? So the second day of the trip, when we were like 10 miles into the whole trip, we just started the second morning. She, I let her go in the front. I don't know why I did that. I let her go in the front for like two seconds because I'm like, oh, it's really smooth and nice. And there was one root or not a root. It was like a little log sticking out, but it was dark kind of. And she tripped and went flat down. And she was just laying there on the side of the trail, like, Jesus, I'm sorry. I don't know. I thought she was dying. (laughs) She was like laying there, like, I don't know. I know she, she landed right on her trekking pole, right on her rib. Oh. And so she bruised her rib. But for a while there, 
I thought she was dying. <laughs> I don't know. It was really scary. So she had a really hard time kind of breathing, right? That day. And that was the day. That was probably the worst day of the whole trip because it was burning, burning hot. So we were, we had looked up the weather for Grand Marais and we thought like, oh, it's going to be in the 60s and 70s. And it was in the 90s when you got dropped off inland. So it was burning, burning hot. Every overlook, you wanted to get out as soon as you could because there's no trees. And so that day she was hurt. Then we had that part where you like throw your packs down. And right after that, she put her pack on Then she slid and almost started sliding. So I went to like save her and smash my shin on a rock and got like two huge goose eggs on my shin. (laughs) And then that night I had told my dad, I'm like, we should get water here. And he's like, oh, the water doesn't look very good. And I'm like, I just have a feeling there's no water where we're going because it said there was water three tenths before and there was no water. And we had less than two water bottles left for all of us. And whenever we don't have enough water, my mom says we can't eat dinner. So, <laughs> and it was burning, burning hot. And she had bruised her rib and there's mosquitoes everywhere. And I ate two tortillas because I'm like, I'm going to die if I don't eat something. And then it turned out the next morning there was water a tenth of a mile to the south. But you didn't find out until the next day. Because it said there wasn't supposed to be any for like 1.8 or 2 miles after Hazel campsite. Okay. And then there was this muddy little almost nothing the next morning we're like seriously and it ended up being like the best tasting water of the whole trip and it looked like mud but it came out so clear it was really weird (laughs) yeah that i i skipped that hazel campsite and just went on to the state park that's a few miles south of there yeah (laughs) just because i knew there wasn't the water source right there and yeah looking at the book it said it was like a mile or two miles past so we'd already gotten 11.9 and mom had already gotten Mm -hmm. hurt so (laughs) He was not going to go farther. It was a rough day for me too because that second day I ended up doing 18 miles because I went from the Woodland Caribou site like yeah all the way to the state park. Wow. And it was <laughs> yeah my, my legs were feeling it that day. <laughs> so was that the most challenging part for mom or was there any other super challenging days for her? Oh well so that was her first injury and that day we even noticed there was a bruise on her temple later. She always hits her head. And then it was the day we started from Caribou, East Caribou campsite. And it was like having a great day. And our guy, um, our friend Roman had came all the way from Maryland to hike with us for five days. So he was hiking with us. And then this guy Braveheart, who was friends with Roman, drove up from the cities, the, the Twin Cities that day, just to hike with us for one day. So they're hiking with us mom's like oh go ahead with Braveheart but I'm like I I probably shouldn't because I would like point out any bad thing to her before she hits it and I'm like okay so I'm hiking ahead with him and I'm telling a story from the Appalachian Trail when my parents thought I was missing and started blowing their whistle and I hear a whistle blowing everywhere and I'm like and as soon as I'm telling that story I hear a whistle start blowing and I'm like oh my gosh And there's this whistle keeps blowing, blowing. Then I hear Roman be like, Jenny, get back here now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, someone's dead. So I just like unbuckled my pack because I was going to leave it. But I'm like, no, I got to keep my pack. And it's, it's like on Horseshoe Ridge. So it's not that great of footing. So I'm like sprinting back and I get back and mom's there, like hands and blood pouring out of her nose. Her, she had the huge cut under her eye, like maybe an inch and a half or two inch laceration, an inch. Oh, and blood pouring out of her nose and she couldn't really see 
Yeah, her eyes weren't focusing. And so she had fallen all by herself because my dad was back with Roman talking. So she was completely alone. And she was just like, Jesus, save me. I can't see. And yeah, we get there and she couldn't focus her eyes. And we're like, okay, let's just make it to um, George Crosby Manitou State Park, which was like two, three miles. And somebody can get a ride back to one of their cars and then take you to the hospital. For a long time, I was walking right in front of mom with my hand in front of her chest. And my dad's like holding her pack so she can't fall again. And that was like a really sketchy area to begin with. I think that area is probably even one of the more difficult parts of the trail. Yes, I thought it, yes. And so well, we, the guy that came for one day. Yeah, he said that we had to be get her to the doctor in seven out, six hours to get it stitched because it needed stitches. But we didn't make it to the car till seven hours later. Well, Okay, so oh, we no. were going to stop at the state park, right? And then mom's like, no, let's keep going. And I was like, mom, you're injured. And she would like have to shut one of her, she could only look out of one of her eyes at a time for a while because she didn't have focus. And so then we go all the way to where his car is, but her eyes were getting better, but her face looked horrible. And I was like, we need to go to the hospital. And mom's like, no, let's just go to our campsite. So we ended up walking almost 13 miles that day. We did almost nine more miles after she hurt herself. Oh, wow. And with one eye, basically. It, for a while it was like, but then like we were so scared the whole time. And there was like every step, it's like, oh my gosh, she can't fall. If she'll die. Cause she hit her head. Like, so she tripped over like a little root again and then landed right on a rock slab. But she, I'm sure she had a concussion or something. Like she hits her head all the time. And the next morning when she woke up, she's like, oh, hi, Jenny. And then blood started coming out of her nose. And I was like, oh, my God. Should have brought the bike helmets. Yes. Yeah. My friend, <laughs> my friend said you should have Bubble a, wear. what is that, like, a not a karate, martial arts helmet that has, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> in front of the cheek. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. That's, like, crazy that you guys kept on going. But I remember in the, our first conversation, you said she just wants to, once she starts going, she's ready to keep going. Yeah. Well, she's like, I am finishing a trail. I'm not quitting. We didn't finish the Appalachian Trail. I'm not quitting. That's wow. Awesome. That's intense. Good yeah. for you guys. Yeah. So did you ever get that checked at a paramedic after? <laughs> nope. My aunt said she should get checked in Silver Bay, but then my mom never did. Well, and because of COVID, we don't know, like, how does that work? Or do you really want to go in and then get sick? <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess if it wasn't really bothering you too much and it was getting better. I mean, at night she was having trouble seeing and you, your head kind of hurt. Yeah. When she tried to look up or look. Yeah. Look could, up. could have definitely been a concussion then. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that was maybe like the scariest and most challenging part of the trip? Like mentally? It was hard for me, but not for you guys. It was hard for us. I thought she was going to die every step. <laughs> and yeah. so like the rest of the trip, I would almost be like, right. Well, the rest of that day, every rut, I'd like point with my trekking pole to every single yeah. one. So it was very tiring because you're like, oh my gosh, if I don't point to something, I'll kill her. Like, it'll be my fault if I don't point out. Probably good that you guys did it in the summer then. Cause I went in, when I went in the fall, all the leaves were starting to fall. So they're covering up everything and you couldn't see the roots oh. or anything. So I stubbed my toes countless times and I honestly thought I broke my toe on one of them because I hit it so hard. Oh no. Well, yeah. And then the part that day, like at the end by Sanju Lake, that was like the most ruddy part of the whole trail. Mm -hmm. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. How were the bugs for you guys during the trip? 
it was bad at the beginning and the end. Well, mom, dad bought these bug suits. So we have our bug nets, but he bought one like a jacket and a pant one, which mom wore all the time at the beginning, but it was too hot for me. I That was way too hot. But it was more around, it was after Silver Creek, like up to the Sucker River that I got really bad. It was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like there's probably thousands of tent, like mosquitoes on the outside of your tent waiting to eat you. It's like one day in the middle of the hike, we had to stop and just put it all on. Mm. Yeah, I can't imagine if we didn't have that. There's never been such bad mosquitoes. Right. Like it's bad enough to be bitten by mosquitoes, but then just like being so humid and sticky. But it's like, I guess you'd rather be covered up than getting bites. There's really no good solution in that. (laughs) Yeah, no, not really. (laughs) So was was it worse than your time on the Appalachian Trail? I think you guys said something about in New Jersey, you guys had some bad mosquitoes then. Yeah, New Jersey probably was worse. But you didn't have bug nests. Oh, we didn't we didn't think it was going to be that hot. Yeah, I guess uh, maybe I should have mentioned that on our earlier podcast with you. Like, yeah, if you look at the uh, what was it, the Grand Marais forecast, like add 10 to 15 degrees when you go inland more just because it it does get so much warmer kind of. In or 30. I'm just kidding. <laughs> or 30. I could be because you're not <laughs> right on the lake because I feel like they take the temperature that's right on the base. Yes. Area. Yes. <laughs> So that was the most surprising, it being so hot. Okay. Did you guys have any issues uh, hanging food or with any critters? No, no. That, hanging food? <clears throat> well, hanging food, yeah. I had to use two trees most of the time instead of just one. Oh, okay. Because, you know, you just couldn't get the... Couldn't get it far enough from the trunk? Yeah. So you had to use, pull it away. But we didn't have any trouble with any animals at all. Chipmunks, you know, were fighting with us for food. That's about it. Yeah, they'll come and try and get all the crumbs. Yeah, we we had one sad scene. We were on, uh, can't remember where the river was, but one of the little, fawn, oh. yeah, one of the little fawns got stuck in the river. He was fighting the current and couldn't uh, get a foothold to get out. So he finally turned around and let the current take him downstream, and we don't know what happened. Mom wasn't nearby. No, we there was some blood on the trail. Problem. So that was really, really sad because it's like, oh, if it can't get out, it's gonna go over the waterfall and die. And then there was another the another animal, oh, on the lake walk or whatever. Um, we got to the part and the crows were going crazy, like like screaming like old woman. And the these duck, a duck and her babies all just take off onto Lake Superior like crazy fast. And some of the baby ducks are way ahead. Well, yeah, swimming dead on the lake. What else do you do? And so they, <laughs> they're out there and just one by one, they start, there's a few that got straggled like behind that couldn't keep up. And one by one, they just started disappearing. And yeah. we thought they drowned, but then we met a lady that said, oh, the pike were probably eating them. Yeah. So that was sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were just disappearing. That was sick. <laughs> yeah, but that gooseberry part, that's where I heard the wolves that one night. At Gooseberry oh. Hill campsite, like just north of Gooseberry, there. Yeah. So I mean, that could have very well been what you saw the blood from, is maybe some wolves got, caught the deer or uh, something else. Yeah, we were going to stay at Blueberry Hill and Section Thirteen, but both of those we got off for storms. Mm. So Section Thirteen, it was like the thirteenth, and we were going to stay at Section Thirteen, <laughs> and I noticed that I noticed that like bursts of cold wind kept coming, and I was like. Is something coming? 
and I never turn his data on because on, I have a flip phone. I never turn his data on in his phone, but for some reason I'm like, I'm gonna look. And I saw this huge like swath of like red coming at us. And then at the same time, I there's a text that comes in from his brother, like straight line winds and nasty storms coming coming your way. And they had just got the tent up because I was checking the weather and my dad's like, We're staying here. I'm like, no, we're not. We have to get off the, we have to get off this now. Like we're way up here. We're not going to be here in straight line winds with birch trees and whatever. And so he wouldn't listen. He's like, no. And then finally he listened, but then we, I noticed it was like 1.4 to a road. So I tried to call Harriet. Well, first I tried to call Cadillac cab, but no one would respond. So I called Harriet and she's like, oh, that's really far for me, but let me see what I can do. And Finally, she's like, oh, okay, like, I'll come get you, but I just dyed my hair pink, so I have to take that dye out first or something <laughs> before I come get you. But then she texts later, like, oh, I found a lady that can drive you from Silver Bay, uh, Brooks, his wife. So he's one of them that works for Cadillac Cab. So we got, we got her, then we got a room, and so then we got off the, well, first we went to Section 13 to, like, look at the view, and we couldn't find how to get down. So that was annoying because we're like, oh my gosh, we got to get off. We got to get to the driver like before anything comes. And I like went back running to the campsite and I couldn't find where the path is because it was like you're up there to just kind of one off. Somehow, finally we found it though. Yeah, that was amazing that we were that close to a road. And then Blueberry Hill, we were going to stay there and the same thing. Like I knew there were supposed to be bad storms. So I looked at the radar and then I saw, oh, a derecho is coming. So I'm like, dad, we have to get off here now. And dad's like, well, my brother didn't text us. And literally like a minute later, there's a text from Stanley. Uh, really bad storms coming. Like I wouldn't be outside if I were you. And I'm like, see dad, we got to get out. So once again, we were like 1.4 from a road. Like that doesn't ever usually happen. And so we got a hold of Brooks and we got a, hotel room for like $300 and he drove us to two harbors and then we were in a hotel for the storm then we took the next day off because that's there was a really bad storm that came through that day so thankfully we were never really in our tent in the worst storms we were in our tent the day there was like the huge ef4 tornado in like western minnesota i think july 8th and it was really really windy with lightning thankfully we were not in our tents for the other ones <laughs> Yeah, it seems like, <laughs> yeah, July was a really bad month. It seemed like on that Superior Hiking Trail group, I just like recall seeing all these people posting storm warning coming today, today, tomorrow, like. Yes, every weekend. Mm -hmm. It was yeah. like every weekend the weather would get horrible. So how many hotels did you, hotel nights did you end up having? Um, okay, we stayed in Grand Marais. Oh, that day was really, really annoying because it was only supposed to be like nine miles, but then we walked into town and then we had to walk all over looking for groceries, but there was construction right in front of the IGA, like a 20 foot section. So me and my mom had to walk an extra mile and a half to get to the stupid store. Then we figured out we could have gone the other side of the road. So we're walking everywhere. Then like at 9 PM, we had to walk to go do laundry. So we probably did like 13 miles. And I was like all crooked for some reason. I, something was wrong with me, but then we went to take a shower and there was no hot water because the boiler had broken. So <laughs> our first night in a hotel, we have to take a freezing cold shower. And that was supposed to be to celebrate my birthday because my birthday was the day before and it was like horrible. And then and then the next hotel we stayed at in Tofty, the fire alarm went off at 10 o'clock. So we were outside for almost an hour getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. 
because it took like so oh might as well just stay in your tent at that <laughs> point so it took like almost that over half hour for the fire department to get there so if it would have been a fire it would have been burned down and then then we stayed in silver bay twice because we took a day off yeah because well yeah we took a day off mom and hurt her face so we needed that oh and that time the water and the drain was like clogged in the place we're in and all this black stuff kept coming up it's like oh my gosh who wants to stay in a hotel and then we, then we stayed in two harbors for two nights and then we stayed at canal park lodge in duluth then we stayed at uh, allendale two nights because another bad storm was coming and then we stayed at spirit mountain hotel because jay cook was full so we had to drive out there and back yeah so 10 nights wow and they're very expensive yeah because of covid like in two harbors all the cheap ones were closed oh, so yeah. supply and demand like you have to pay 300 dollars to stay at, stay yeah. at the american inn <laughs> hotels up there in the summer too are expensive just without covid too just because it's kind of that tourist season yes <laughs> there were people that had stayed out in the storm and you should have seen what they looked like oh, I can't imagine, yeah. no, we met this one guy in two harbors he was like he was just filth like he had mud like all over him because he was outside in that storm i think at the pond one of the pond ones with all the dead birch trees and he's like yeah i just touched one and it pushed it right over but yeah he Gosh. he did not look like he was having a good time <laughs> and then he was waiting for his mom to come get him but he got a hitch from somebody and he accidentally left his wallet in the guy's car so he was very distressed <laughs> Yeah, that would be concerning to me is just the trees falling over with how damp the soil is and just mm -hmm. loose. Yeah. Yeah. So like at Sucker River, there was when we got like it was horrible. There are trees down every like big pine trees, and you have to try to get over the stabby stuff. And then at the campsite, there was down trees everywhere at Sucker River. So I'm like, I can't imagine if someone had been camping there when the storm came through. Oh yeah. No. And, with the and there winds? was even one over the privy. Oh. Like that landed right on top of the privy. <laughs> that would be a bad day. <laughs> that night was scary because there were so many leaning trees, and you're like, please don't be a storm or wind or and so many mosquitoes. But yeah. yeah. At that point, I wouldn't even be worried about the mosquitoes. I'd be more worried about the trees. <laughs> wow. Oh, that same day. Yeah, it was that same day. We were hiking and we were eating lunch, and all of a sudden we see all these cars like rushing into the parking lot, and I'm like, I should see what's happening. Dad's like, just stay here. I'm like, what? So I went over there and these people are like, oh, have you seen this hiker? Like we got a call from a distressed hiker that fell in a stream and hurt his hip. And we had seen a guy like three and a half miles before that had stopped fish. And there was like a really swollen river, like the knife river or something. And so we're like, oh, maybe it's him. Maybe he fell in and like, oh, is he 25? We're like, I, I mean, I thought he was more my age. And they're like, oh, so 17. I'm like, I'm 35. But anyways, and so <laughs> and so we like maybe sent him off the wrong direction. Like we didn't see anyone else. Like we have no idea. And so we start hiking south towards we're like towards the whatever that pond farm area, whatever that is. And we come across this guy 45 minutes later. Oh yeah, there's also an ambulance there with the people. So we come across this guy that had scared me because I was like, oh, person. And I was like, oh, are you the injured hiker? And he's like, no. And so I'm not injured. And so he's like, well, tell me the story. And so we told him the story. He's like, 
oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> so he had no idea. Like, well, so he had like fallen in a, and like kind of hit his hip. And so he called his dad like to just pick him up because he's like, I don't really want to go any farther if I'm this wet and like kind of sore. So he called his dad, but he only had like 1% battery on his phone. So he's just like, dad, come get me. So then his dad had called the ambulance. So the guy's like, can I borrow... He borrowed my dad's phone and he's like, John, call off the hounds. Like, <laughs> oh, he calls his dad John. <laughs> wow. Talk about wow. like extreme miscommunication. But yeah, there are like, tons of people looking yeah. for this injured hiker and we were so worried and the yeah. guy was fine. Had to be at least uh, seven, seven people looking for him. Oh, oh my uh, goodness. Sent out a search party. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like but, when that happens, like you're just gonna go in panic mode. If, if and especially if his phone died. Yeah, yeah. I know because he had no phone, and he's like, "Oh my goodness!" It was just so funny because he's like, "I'm not injured," and he's like, "Oh, that's me." <laughs> wow, that's wild. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, did you guys have any major trail magic when you were out there? Our friend Roman, uh, who came from Maryland, had a lot of snacks in his car, so when we got to where his car was, he would share a lot of stuff with us. So. Like cold Gatorade or leftover pizza. Like I was so hungry the first week. So that really helped having him give us some extra food. And oh, he also let us like slightly slack pack some of the days because he had his car parked. So we could like leave some stuff in there for part of the day, which that was really nice, especially for mom. I mean, for everybody. <laughs> yeah, totally. So yeah. hiker hunger was there for like the first week. And then do you feel like your body is kind of adjusted? Um, I mean, dad, tell him. Oh, uh, I don't, I haven't started gaining my weight. I probably gained 10 pounds Giardia. back, but I got Giardia at the end. Oh, oh, that's nasty. Yeah. Felt like somebody punched me in the gut. Just felt like, uh, you know, it just felt sick all the time. Like, Somebody's just pushing on your stomach. And you guys were filtering water? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we always filtered it, but maybe he had he tried to clean the filter with a knife. So I don't know if it left it too porous or something. Mm. <laughs> because I kind of feel like I might have Giardia, but I didn't want to spend the money to get tested. Only because I feel nauseous all the time, but I don't know. Because when we first we went to our relative's house uh when we first got off the trail, well, after I mean, we had a big meal that night and he had three huge plates of like meat and vegetables and all this stuff. He was like a bottomless pit. He just kept eating and eating, but then he wouldn't gain weight. So he knew something, <laughs> something was wrong. <laughs> so you think you got it like towards the end of the trail somewhere? When we came home, my wife had uh, carrots that she'd left in the refrigerator and I ate these bad and these carrots were terrible. And uh, <laughs> so I, they could have had Jardy on them. <laughs> no mom clean them <laughs> blame it on the carrots not yeah. on the trail and because of that i didn't have to eat vegetables for about three weeks <laughs> oh that's nice <laughs> excuse Go to get figure. Out of <laughs> awesome did you guys encounter any uh issues with boardwalks on the trail um i mean there are a lot of very bouncy ones if you saw my one bouncy trouncy parody but <laughs> yeah the sawmill one though everyone was talking like it was so horrible and this we met this guy that said oh i stepped on a board and then i had to throw it off the trail so there's a section eight feet without anything so i was freaked out it was gonna be horrible and then it even it wasn't even that bad yeah on my hike too i, I didn't really call anything that was terrible i mean 
yeah, it's slanted or yeah, mm -hmm. a little crooked, but when I was more worried because of mom, like sure. well, don't want her to fall anymore. What? what? Oh, well, I mean, there was the you know the out bridges. Right. So like Split Rock River, did you guys cross that? Yes, we did, which the crossing wasn't bad, but then to get up to the trail was freaky. Because if you cross where it's actually out, then you're like holding on trees, but you're like hanging basically right over the edge. And then I kept telling my dad, be careful. And then he got mad because he's like, oh, I'm a moon. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that, that part was scary, especially with the backpack, because I felt like you're going to get pulled off. Before the encamp Crow, Crow Creek encampment, those two, like it, that's mm -hmm. after it had rained like severe storms for three days in a row. And that was the day we were carrying six days of food because we had to go. We went from like Blueberry Hill Road all the way to Duluth with our food from that. So we had six days of food and that was the day we ended up going 19.7 miles, but we did the road walk instead of the two crossings, the detour, we did the detour. We, we went to look at it, like we're like, we're gonna go through it, but uh, it was so murky and there's like so many rocks under there and with her already getting hurt, it's like, yeah, probably let's not. And then we thought the encampment would be worse. So we're like, let's not risk it. So we, we did the road walk, which was ouch. That hurts way more walking on a road, but I think it allowed us to get the miles done faster or else it probably would have been dark. <laughs> so we thought we skipped all this stuff, but then right before Silver Creek, there was another bridge out that they didn't talk about like over a stream, but it was, I mean, it was rushing, but they both put their Crocs on and my dad like helped mom across and made sure we got across. Yeah, I, I recall, well, it was a little drier when I went towards the encampment and stuff and I mean, there were rocks I could just walk across. Yeah. It wasn't very high. But yeah, I've seen on that Superior Hiking Trail Facebook group, two people posting pics of the encampment when it's gushing after rainfall. And yeah, it's probably smart that you guys went on the road walk. But we met a guy in the road walk that's like, oh, it was only ankle deep this morning. But and but who, how fast is it going? Like, how do you know you're actually on the part that's ankle deep? <laughs> well, and there's a yeah. lot of creeks and other things that flow into it before yes. it gets to Lake Superior there. Well, and on the Appalachian Trail, we did so many, like we did cross dangerous streams and we didn't want that experience again. It's not worth dying. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's not. Especially after she got hurt too. Like, why risk it? <laughs> right. And it actually was kind of nice doing the road because the wind was insane that day. So it kept sounding like branches were cracking. And one branch, like, it sounded like a tree was falling. So I like, started sprinting, but you don't know where it's coming from. And it was like a little tree, like, had fell parallel to the trail. But, oh, my gosh. I was so scared. Because you have no idea what's falling. You just hear crack and you're like, oh, my gosh. Gary. So yeah, speaking of people, did you guys run into a lot of people there? Did you find that you were sharing a lot of sites or was it more so slow because of COVID? I mean, we met people, not that many through hikers. The first few nights that we were at a site with like three to five people for the 4th of July, that most of them were like ultra runners. So that was fun. You started on the 4th of July? Oh, we started on the 2nd of July, but like that week, I feel like there were more, like we went through Judge Magny, there were tons of, because that was the 4th of July when we went through there. The state parks were like popping. I mean, there were people everywhere, but, yeah. <laughs> but some days we wouldn't, like that day it was raining all day. We just ran into the guy we thought was the injured guy and then the guy that was the injured guy, basically. A lot of people complain, I feel like on the site, like there's too many people, but I prefer to see people. <laughs> you feel safer if there's people. I agree. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like you feel like you did share some sites or was it kind of 50 50 yeah probably 50 50 i, I mean maybe yeah, not even half anything. maybe maybe not even half of the sites huh. yeah, actually it was probably less than half that we were with people and was it typically the weekends more so where you did end up sharing them yeah right yeah. i don't know maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah Sometimes the days just blend together when you're on the no, trail. The, the, the weekend hikers, we saw more people on the weekend. Yeah. Like, I mean, we saw quite a few people, like women that were out there. They're like, I just had to get away from my kids because of all this <laughs> distance learning stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like one lady is like, my daughter asked if I could come. And I was like, no. <laughs> Mom's escape. Mom's escape weekend. Yeah. <laughs> totally. So all in all, it took you how many days? It was 24 days of hiking and three zeros, mostly because of storms. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's still pretty good speed for yeah. the injuries you guys dealt with and the storms you dealt with. I was very impressed. I mean, I never thought we'd really be able to do much more than 10 because of her knee, but I feel like hiking, it actually helped her knee. Her knee bends better now than before we went. So I feel like it was the cure. <laughs> yeah. Just well, needed good. some movement. Yes. <laughs> so on the last day, did you guys hike all the way to the southern terminus and then back to jay cook that same day yeah mm -hmm. okay yep it was a really nice hike i really liked the last day yeah i really enjoyed that southern part of the park yes well i don't know why so many people skip that part of the trail like i duluth part i actually thought was my was one of my favorite parts <laughs> like yeah. ely peak i feel like is the best was one of the best peaks did you guys go all the way to the top yeah that was beautiful that was awesome i love that one and then just well, that one part right out of Duluth was kind of gross. No. Well, I'm saying on the south side was kind of meh. But the part north of Duluth by like Hartley, Hartley Nature Center, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. And like there was all these day camps there and they're like all these kids out mountain biking. We came across these kids. There were like 30 of them in the trees in their hammocks. And they're like, oh, it's hammock day. But it seemed like such a fun place to live because they're all all the day camps are out there doing so many fun, adventurous things. That was really part of the pretty part of the trail. And then the whole part where you just can see Duluth and you're on the ridge for a long time. Yeah, I was really impressed by that part too. Like I, before doing my through hike, I never really considered doing the Duluth section. But yeah, I was really impressed. Like you said, it was a lot more scenic, I think, than people think. Yeah. And if you started, if you did that part first, it'd be really easy because then you could get a reservation at Jay Cook do the out and back, go from Jay Cook to Fond du Lac, which was really easy to get to, mm -hmm. that campground. And then you can go to Allendale Motel, which is right on the trail. And then we went to Canal Park Lodge, which was right on the trail. Like, it wasn't hard. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I see why people do it. And it's a bit more gradual terrain, at least once you get out of Duluth. I feel like kind of that Ely's Peak area and stuff is a little bit rougher, Spirit Mountain area. Yeah, when it was but, hot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wouldn't want to finish at Martin Road. That was an ugly place to finish. Yeah. It's, yeah. Gross. Because the last quarter mile, you're all in like this choppy, gross grass. And it's and then the bathroom was disgusting. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who ends there. That's not a nice place. <laughs> at least finish in Duluth or something. Yeah. A scenic finishing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Did you guys have a favorite campsite? Uh, Mom really liked the white pine one. Because she's yeah. like, this is the one I wanted the whole time. It was the last one we stayed at because it has all the pine needles and stuff and big tree. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the last campsite I think I stayed at, too. That's like yeah. right before you get to Martin Road, kind of. Yeah. Although there were a lot of down trees there, too, and that yeah, kind of scared me. 
Oh, I like the South Sanju Lake one. Oh, no, no. I did like that one, but so, that was scary. Kind of the purchase. Oh, the um, the caribou, East caribou. That was a nice one. I mean, I feel like I was always worried about trees falling. Well, yeah, the waterfall by East Caribou. That waterfall was the best waterfall of the whole thing. But Dad didn't even go see it because he got stung by a... I got stung twice by a bee, and then I had uh, jiggers or something. I was itching like crazy and hurting. So I huh. took three three uh, Benadryl, and I was in no shape to walk in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put you out, yeah. So he missed... He actually missed the best two parts of the trail, I feel like, because he missed that. And then Pincushion Mountain, he's like, I'll just stay by the bags. I'm too tired. And I thought that was that was my favorite. That was a good mountain. overlook, right? Well, just because I felt like I was in the Appalachian Trail. I love it when it's all rocks. You just like are walking on a road. But he missed both of the best parts. Yeah, that waterfall was really cool. <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some pretty good waterfalls on there. I like the Temperance River part, too. Ooh, yes. Mom was really tired there, so we... Well, the book showed that there was going to be like a 500 foot climb at the very end, but the book's off. Like it got off by a mile on the elevation. So we're waiting for this long climb and there never was one. And I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> well, the next morning there was the climb. It was just off by a mile in the book. I felt, well, maybe it was just really hot, but like I felt going from the river, maybe it was just a more gradual climb. But as you started going away from the river, Temperance River, it climbed pretty good. Yeah. Well, yeah, but we, our the guy Roman picked us up at the Temperance River parking lot, whatever, to take oh, us okay. to the hotel in Tofty. So then we climbed the next day. I was like, oh, here's the climb. They're just the books off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think mom was like worried, oh my gosh, we have to climb. And then we never did because she was really tired. But I really liked that part. That was really nice. And how about gear? Was there any gear you guys brought that you felt like wasn't necessary? Well, mom and dad both sent home their puffy coat that I told them they should bring. But then didn't need a puffy coat in 90 degree weather. I, no, I kept mine because I, I'm very glad I kept mine because that day it rained the whole day that they were looking for that guy. I was freezing because it was in the 60s that day for a high and it was pouring the whole day. But these people like refused to put their raincoat on for like seven miles. And then mom, I was like, mom, are you old? And she's like, I don't know. I'm like, you put your coat on now. <laughs> so finally, they listened to me and put their raincoats on because I swear they were getting hypothermia. And I felt like I, I had my raincoat on. And by the end of the day, I thought I was getting hypothermia because I was so cold. I wore my puffy coat almost every night just because you get sweaty. And I think they're glad they sent theirs home. Oh, they all sent their gators. Do you know how much your packs ended up weighing? The day we left, mine was 33. What was yours? 37? 36 oh, yeah. but his went down because he got rid of some stuff and then mom's was 24 25 yeah and then but hers always goes down first like i said we drink her water first is there any gear that you wish you would have had that you didn't have well they had me bring this long sleeve button-up shirt which i didn't really want to bring for mosquitoes and i wish i didn't have that and just had another like little tank top or t-shirt or something <laughs> because we the bug nets yeah they kind of covered it yeah yeah and then as far like for resupplies, you guys were just kind of stopping at stores, right? You didn't have specific resupply pickups? Boxes. No, we went to the store in Grand Marais, pretty much every town. Grand Marais, Tofty, Silver Bay, Two Harbors, and Duluth. But we, we had learned our lesson on the Appalachian Trail that you when you mail stuff, you're at a point you don't know how much food you need. And so 
you got too much food or you're not enough food. And so it's easier just to go to the store and get what you need so you know how much you're going to carry. Well, and especially with the storms. So like we ended up staying in Silver Bay when we were going to be at Section 13. So when we, we got dropped back off there and we skipped Silver Bay the next time by it, and then two harbors, we skipped that area because we'd already been there. So everything got kind of mixed around. Mm-hmm. And and like, there's some really nice stores. Well, the one in two harbors, you have a Super One Foods. Mm-hmm. And then in Duluth, you have a Super One Foods. So you can get anything there. And all the other, like people were saying it's not as good for resupply, but I thought all of the stores we were at were decent. I mean, expensive, but you could find what you need. <laughs> yeah, and Silver Bay had a grocery store and yep. Grand Marais as well. So yep. yeah, there's plenty of options. And Tofty had one. Mm-hmm. So are you guys already planning your next through hike? I don't know. They want to finish the Appalachian Trail, but I don't <laughs> really want them to do <laughs> So maybe you guys should retire from backpacking and start canoeing and go to the Boundary Waters. <laughs> well, the other day we were, where were we? Oh, we were walking at a park by my sister's house and mom out of the blue was like, you know what? I think I actually like backpacking. I was like, wow. <laughs> Cause she's like, I miss it. Let's go back. <laughs> if it wouldn't have been for the storms and worrying about trees, I, everything else about it was totally good. I just hate trees are, the, and the birch trees and the pine trees just worry are worrisome because they fall over so easily. Yeah, for sure. It's always the, the weather conditions. It's just those things that are kind of out of your control. Yeah. And like rain all day is fine. Like I don't mind that, but I don't want a scary storm. <laughs> exactly. But if I could compare the two uh, trails, you know, on the Appalachian Trail, you walk all day to get one view. Whereas on the SHT, you walk all day and you'll see five or six good views. That's the comparison I would make. Other than that, it's, it's like the Appalachian Trail. It changes, you know, the scenery kind of changes all mm-hmm. the time. The, the view constantly changes. Whereas on the Appalachian Trail, you might have a green tunnel for two or three days in a row before you see, see out of the green tunnel, you know? Mm-hmm. Unless you're in the White Mountains area, then obviously you have like constant views, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's one interesting thing about the Superior Hiking Trail is you, you can in one day see a couple waterfalls you can have this overlook that looks over Lake Superior. You can be in the deep woods. You can be kind of out in some grassier areas and all in one day. Yeah, yeah some of it was very, very overgrown. Probably more yeah. in the north too, right? Yeah, uh, and that, well, no, there was another part after Fault Line Creek that was really overgrown. Okay. The, the day on, on the way to Blueberry Hill, right? That morning was really bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, I found one on me. The at Hazel campsite, the only the, the sucky day, but yeah, that's the only one I saw the whole time. Yeah, yeah, we haven't really ever had any issues, but like we said in our previous episode, that we normally wear the long pants yeah. and stuff. Oh, so okay. If it's bare skin, yeah, but I guess yeah, I never really had any issues. Oh, on I was my like bare either. Skin. <laughs> <laughs> bear yeah. skin. We hike with real bear skin on us, yeah, bear skin yeah. jackets. <laughs> it gets a little warm. <laughs> that's funny we did meet a guy though that was hiking the whole trail and he was going to go into the air force and he had an 80 pound backpack because he said his friend asked him to hike and he didn't know you could resupply oh so he's carrying everything yeah and he had like heavier food i think too 
And he said he was, they were doing like 25 miles a day. I was like, oh my gosh, with an 80 pound pack. Well, he'll be well-trained. Holy moly. 25 miles a day with that. So did you guys see any wildlife? I know you said you didn't have any issues with food and wildlife, but did you see any wildlife on the trail? Toads. I feel like mostly toads and those little squirrels they have up there. Yeah. And garter snakes. Nothing big though. We did find some footprints that might have been a bear. I mean, saw a ton of bear scat and moose poop and all of that. One of the days we met two different girls that said they saw a bear right before they got to us. But we never see anything because there's three of us and we're loud, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> You're too busy singing. Yes. That keeps the animals away. So Yes, I started watching some of your videos of it. I love that like you, your mom in the videos is just so funny. Your guys' <laughs> energy and enthusiasm difference is just so great. I love it. <laughs> well, I told I was like, dance. I thought she was gonna dance around and she's like <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the root root roots 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 one? No, I didn't see that one. Oh, yet. that's my favorite one. What number was that one? Oh, uh, the second one. Like to foot loose, except roots, roots, roots. And <laughs> well, someone even commented on there when I posted on the tra- on the hiking page that I've been singing this the past two days and my hiking partner's going to kill me. I can't stop singing it. <laughs> They're catchy. Well, it's that's great. Funny. <laughs> well, it's just so fun. I don't know. I love making up songs. Even if there's nothing cool to look at, at least you can keep your mind busy. Yeah, exactly. occupies the mind. And I can give mom something to sing. Exactly. So is there any recommendations you would give someone who's going to go set out to through hike the Superior Hiking Trail? I'd say the way we did it north to south, I would do that. I mean, it was easy logistically because we got dropped all the way at the top. Although the guy drove really fast on the gravel roads, like 55 miles an hour. That was scary. But yeah, it was really nice. Well, actually, when we got back to our car, mom cried when she saw our car. It's over. She's like, I never thought we'd no, because she never thought we'd make it back, especially after her face. Well, and just because she knew she'd like, well, even though we'd one day left, she like knew she finally finished something. She started, even though she probably shouldn't. Because <laughs> uh, she, the thing is, like, we were worried about her knee, and we never even thought about her knee. For then we're worried about her rib, then we're worried about her face, and so that took her mind off her knee. I guess. <laughs> Yes, there's something. a positive there. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, we we skipped that one overlook right before Carlton Peak because we saw like, oh, another overlook. We're like, oh, that's well, we're going to go to Carlton Peak. Don't skip the one right before Carlton Peak because everyone told us that was like the best one. Yeah. Is that Tofty like Tofty uh, Overlook? Tofty Overlook? Yeah. Tofty Overlook. But we saw it went kind of downhill. We're like, meh. We'll do the Carlton Peak one. We don't need to do every detour. So I kind of wish we'd gone down that since someone said that was the best after we passed it. You're still going to have to go back. Well, and there's a lot of other, I know there's a lot of other peaks and stuff that'd be fun to actually go up. <laughs> yeah, well, you know how it, you know how it ends with, uh, when you get to the end of the tr- Southern Terminus, you see uh, Welcome to Wisconsin and mm-hmm. stuff. There's other trails. You can keep walking if you want too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the Superior is part of the North Country Trail now that goes yeah, from yeah. North Dakota to Vermont. Yeah. You can go 4,000 miles. Yeah. Just keep, keep walking. Keep on going, get more injuries. I, I never fell once the entire time. That's good. Well, uh, someone has to be stable and take care of your mom. <laughs> I mean, dad fell down once and just lay there like he was dead, but I think he just wanted attention it's better than i did i fell three times on my hike 
Oh, it was just, no. But all of them were just slipping on boardwalks, though, because my yeah. boots were Oh, the muddy. boardwalks were slippery. Yeah. yeah. The ones in Gooseberry were really slippery after it rained, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every time it was after it rained, my, my shoes were muddy and just slipped right out under me. Yeah. It all has to do, I feel like, with how fast you're going. Because when I walked my normal speed, then I would have fallen down, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and but... you guys were using hiking poles, right? Oh, oh yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> But she still falls and hits her head every time. So I don't know what to do. Like, she's like, it's too fat. But like, I feel like anytime we fall, you like turn or you put your hands out. But she just pencil straight down. She's got to learn how to fall with style. <laughs> Be classy when you fall. Come on. Yes. Be like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Control your falls. <laughs> the backpack helps your momentum going down. <laughs> yeah. You just got to spin a little bit so you land on it. Yeah. <laughs> Practice for the next trail. Yeah. yeah. I'll probably, well, I really like the lake walk, but mom didn't like that at all. <laughs> it's kind of hard. Just Because rocky. it's just, uh, it's yeah. hard to kind of keep momentum going because it's so soft. and. <laughs> well, that day we were there on my birthday, but like you, we, that water was so cold. I could not, I could barely put my toes in. It was so cold. But we put our feet in that water. Then we put our feet in the Cadence River that same day. And my feet were hurting horribly the last few months. Like they've never hurt that bad in my life. I don't know it was wrong. It's like the whole foot was a blister. But I, I don't know if it had to do with the walking on that loose rocks, did something to your feet. So then they started. <laughs> I think it does a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. Did you guys have any issues along the lake walk? Because when I did it, the tide was up pretty high so like I couldn't get past one area so I had oh. to just kind of like wait for the wave to go out run across real quick <laughs> no it was really okay. it was easy to go it was low tide yeah it was easy to get across yeah I'm trying to think what else on any recommendations I would get well my um well like my book I like put phone numbers for like everything and I put like little numbers by for each of the towns and on the map I put the maps I put the little numbers of where everything was so then it was kind of like the Appalachian Trail guidebook but I put it took a lot of time to do that to begin with so that it was really easy to go to town and know where you're going and I had all the phone numbers for everything yeah so I recommend doing that because that that made it really easy it was a very I mean other than the storms like everything was super smooth and and you have shuttle like the shuttle drivers are super easy to use because you have Harriet, you have the spear hiking shuttle, you have Cadillac cab, which they drove us three times, Brooks. Oh, and funny story, the guy Brooks um, that picked us up. So we were at the hotel taking our day off and my aunt Judy had called my mom and dad and was like, oh, um, Jeff Linscheid, who is some relative of my dad, Jim Linscheid, sorry, some relative of my dad, like he lives in Silver Bay, like you should, you should call him up and he'll show you a good time. <laughs> And she like kept telling us this over and over and we're just like, we went over us, we're tired. His, his sister kept saying this. It was his mom's cousin, yeah. So the next day we're getting driven back to the trail by Brooks and we're like, oh, do you know this guy, Jim Linscheid? And he's like, he was my fifth grade teacher. Like he was my favorite teacher. Like I became a social studies teacher because of him. Like it was crazy. That's like such a small town connection. I know, I know. And he's like, actually when I picked you up, I was thinking, he looked, my dad looked like him because he had a beard at the time. 
which is so weird. But anyways, we're like, oh, do you know what he's up to now? And he's like, oh, he died a year or two ago. And so he started, because my Aunt Judy kept saying, he'll show you a good time. Like, look him up, he'll show you a good time. Oh my gosh. So did you break the news to your aunt? Yeah. So we thought he died. And me and my mom were like laughing hysterically. <laughs> oh my gosh. She just kept so adamantly saying, he'll show you a good time. Don't think so. Yeah, no, not quite. Yeah, no. but it was weird. So that that guy drove us three times and he said both of the places he rescued us from, one of them was the part that his dad helped make of the trail, Blueberry Hill. Blueberry Hill and then the part by section 13 was a part that he'd helped make. Nice. Yeah, there was a lot of just interesting things. And he helped us a lot. Like very, very helpful driver. Like I didn't think Cadillac Cab would be the one that we would use the most, but that was that's a very good cab company yeah i've heard good things about it they're very friendly (laughs) oh yeah and he i like told him about the book because i've written two books whatever so i told him he should read the one and he looked it up he's like i think i've read part of i was subbing for a class in one of the schools and i was reading this i was like what no way (laughs) the whole class was reading it no i don't know he said it was a book in the room and he was reading it like how did it get up there i'm like was it jim lynch (laughs) i don't know So you have all these crazy connections. (laughs) I know. Yeah. And he said he was just so thankful to meet our family because his family life like wasn't as good. And just to see us all together, like with my parents. So he was very encouraging. That's probably one of the most encouraging stories of the trail was meeting him and just having him step out of his way and give us pretty good deals on rides Mm -hmm. too. So that's nice. Yeah. Kind of like a trail angel. Yes. No, he was definitely a trail angel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it is super cool that you three go on all these hikes together. It's it's really unique that you do this with your parents and you're all on board for doing these adventures together. Yeah. The last time he picked us up, he, he wasn't going to do it, but then he calls us up and says, hey, I'm going to take my wife out on a date. It's Sunday morning. We'll take her out to breakfast. So if I take her out to breakfast, then I can stop over and pick you up and take you to where you want to go. So he arranged his life to match our schedule. Yeah. That is very nice. He liked you guys that much. He wanted to help you out. I would also recommend that anybody who's going to walk the Appalachian Trail that lives in the Midwest should hike the Superior Hiking Trail first. Like, go do that first and you'll get a good glimpse of what it's like. And it's a very easy trail to hike. Like, I mean, if you make sure ahead of time you write stuff down like I did, like logistically, it's really not. Like, I feel like so many people are like, oh, it's so hard logistically, especially the Duluth section, but it wasn't. No, I didn't, I didn't feel that way either. Like, I felt it was pretty easy to plan out. Yeah. And like the Superior Hiking Trail Association's website also has a through hike section and there's yeah. a page and there's some reference numbers and stuff like that. Yes. And it says like what, what's available in certain towns. Like if there's a post office, if there's a yeah. hospital, mm-hmm. if there's a grocery store. Yeah. So yeah, that, that made things a lot easier for planning. And obviously the data book that you just were showing and yeah. even the guidebook too. Because really, if you do the Superior Hiking Trail first, the Appalachian Trail is going to be like, oh, this is so easy. Logistically, because the book has like everything in it and you have shelters, which you don't have to worry about trees falling on your head. Yeah. So like, if you can stay in your tent, you can do all of this. And there's like way more shuttles. So I honestly think if you do this, like the Appalachian Trail would be easy to go and do logistically logistically but also having done the Appalachian Trail made it a lot easier to know what you needed to know like know what phone numbers you should have and know what you need to write down right it's like 
when it's your first time, I guess you don't necessarily know what to expect. Yeah. I love that the lake is always. Did you, <laughs> did you happen to see homeless people in Southern Duluth? Yeah, I saw one. Yeah. One up the trail. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little bit up the trail. Uh, he was living there and yeah. he had a bunch of cords that he was arranging. I don't know. <laughs> that area is kind of known for that. Yeah. Yeah. There's just tons of tents and random bikes and random clothes. We didn't see anybody though, yeah. but. I, I would even like to go back up there and, and ride some of those uh, mountain bike trails. They were, uh, yeah. we got we got to walk on one mountain bike trail. Yeah, the one right on the very north side of Duluth too, right as you're getting kind of into the city. There's there's yes. one right there where the trail shares a little bit. Which that part, we almost saw a guy like get really bad hurt, badly hurt. It was a kid, he went, we like moved to the side and he went by and he went flying over his handlebars. It looked like he was going head first at a tree. But then he let, I was like, oh my gosh. And he just got back on his bike and kept going. We're like, um, that was scary. <laughs> like he was going so fast through there. So that that's scary when it actually shares the trail because yeah. they come so fast. They don't have as many rocks and roots as, yeah. as we do on the hiking trail. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just so cool how they have so many trails, like everywhere. They have the hiking trails with bike trails, like intersecting back and forth, like. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, that Duluth area is is awesome. Yeah, they have a ton of stuff. I mean, the college is right there too, so they have stuff as well. But they have yeah, the nature center, the different mm -hmm. hiking trails, the biking, the the ski hill, and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seems like a nice place to live. Very outdoorsy yeah. town. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, if you like the outdoors, it's for you for sure. Well, anything else we missed about your hike? Well, Jay Cook. We went on the wrong side of one of the trails, but <laughs> I think it's called the Grand, was it called the Grand Portage Trail? Because usually I look at all the numbers and I like memorize in my head so I can just spew them out like, oh, we have this many miles to this and this and this. But for some reason I hadn't really looked very closely, but I remember saying we like would go on the Grand Portage Trail and we got to this part and literally there was an arrow pointing the one way down the trail and also pointing the other way. Like they're pointing both ways and like, what? Well, I know we should have gone to the left because then I like went on the next trail and I looked back and I'm like, oh, it looks like there's two turning arrows. So like that would be, that's how you get back on the trail. So we're on it and there's no blue blazes. And I'm like, maybe it's just because of the state park, there's no blue blazes. <laughs> and then there was like green air. I mean, like blue, dark blue arrows. And I'm like, maybe that's it. And then I look and I'm like, oh shoot. In point one, we were supposed to come to a road, <laughs> but I hadn't memorized the numbers. I just noticed it said Grand Portage Trail. You're going to take at some point. So we ended up taking the northern side of the loop instead of the southern side of the loop that went by the river, which I was ticked off. So then I went on a run down to the river just so I could see it and then ran back. <laughs> I left my back there. I'm like, I'm going to go run and see it and then come back just to say I did that part, which in the end, we missed like a big downhill, a big uphill, which we stayed more on the ridge. But yeah, I did something similar. Because Sarah came out that last day with me when we were hiking through Jay Cook into the yeah. South Terminus, and we did something similar where we got off trail, and I just I wasn't following the blazes right or something, and I saw Superior Hiking Trail, but it was a spur trail, and it went out to the paved bike path, and then we just oh, took the yeah, yeah. paved yeah. bike path for a while, and I was just oh, like, I'm all confused, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because it goes out to the bike path, and then you come back in, like. Yeah, and I think we might have we might have missed a turn or something like that. Yeah. So we ended yeah. up taking the bike path for a ways and then found another trail and got to the visitor center. When I when I was like, we should go back, and, and mom's like, no. We already, <laughs> we already she was really mad. So <laughs> yeah. 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 
Well, and then I started thinking like maybe they don't put blazes in the state park, like in the White Mountains. Sometimes they don't put them in the Nash in the whatever. I'm trying to think of any other parts that might have been a little bit confusing. Sometimes in some of those areas where it's just kind of like a rock. Um, when you're kind of yeah. up on those overlooks and there's no yeah, trees, <laughs> no blazes. I mean, every so often you might find one painted on a rock or something, but or you um, just like kind of look around. Oh, oh, but oh, there was also the part going into Duluth where you're walking along the creek. Yeah, well, it's not a river. I think it was a stream or a creek or something. Mm -hmm. But well, there was an arrow pointing to cross the little bridge across the creek, and so we crossed. But then, so like there was a trail on both sides of the creek yep. or stream or whatever. So we kept going. There were no blue blazes. I'm like, well, I know we're going the right direction. We're going to hit Duluth somehow. And there was no blue blazes. And then it turned out we were on the wrong side of the river. But someone had put a random arrow pointing across the stupid little bridge. So we were like so confused. We're like, does anyone see a blue blaze? Yeah. Yeah. And then people said they steal the signs. So that's what we thought maybe people happened. People flip them too. Yes. I, I noticed that up by like the college, like people would turn it. So instead yeah. of going straight, it, you'd be going right. Yeah. And I would be like, uh, no, I see a path down there. Yeah. But that way I'm like, it doesn't really matter which side we're on. I know we're going the right way because it, it yeah. goes by the creek. But yeah, there are just some more parts around there that I don't know why. Well, like even in Jay Cook where we went, there was an arrow pointing both ways. So I don't know if someone's trying to be funny it was kind of faded though too so i don't know if they just like didn't get rid of an old one and that could have been too maybe they rerouted it yeah yeah because there was arrows for both <laughs> that can be confusing but yeah, yeah overall though the trails well marked i thought yeah i know a lot more people say they get lost a lot of times but i thought it was if you're actually paying attention it's mm -hmm. not that bad definitely awesome yeah well it was great to hear from you guys again yeah thanks for talking to us yeah glad everything went well yeah that was fun We've loved doing this podcasting journey. We love bringing awesome guests on. We love seeing that people are listening. And we're really, really grateful that this is hopefully inspiring other people to get outdoors. Yeah, and as part of our mission at Hiking Through Life, we really want to help support others in continuing their journey or starting their journey into the outdoors. So as part of that, we have plans for future episodes to address some listener feedback. So if you have questions about backpacking, hiking, adventuring outdoors, let us know. Email hikingthroughlife at gmail.com and submit us your question or topic and we'll possibly address it in a future episode. You've been listening to the Hiking Through Life podcast. Peace, love, and hike through life.